Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today I sit down with Alexandra Gator and enjoy some gin and tonics. While working as the home editor for Canada's iconic women's lifestyle magazine, Chatelaine, Alexandra created the YouTube series, The Home Primp, which focused on showing viewers how to make small spaces functional and beautiful on a budget. She now runs her own home design company. She is the host and producer behind Shopify's series, Make My Space Work, and she delivered her first TED Talk just this October. One of the most common ways you may know about Alexandra is through her home decor YouTube channel, where she specializes in helping millennials decorate their rental spaces on a budget. With over 300,000 subscribers, yep, that's right, her channel is full of fun, accessible content, including tons of home makeovers, DIYs, and design how-tos. Her videos are so fun to watch, they're so full of great tips and points of inspiration on how to maximize small spaces, and I love how much she encourages viewers to stop thinking of their rental spaces as temporary and start embracing them as homes. Plus, her videos are beautiful, of course, and she just seems like the loveliest human being, which, Spoiler alert, turned out that's true. So Alexandra is a home decor YouTuber and a woman I admire immensely. Hi, Alexandra. Hi. Hi. I'm Thanks so for excited. having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being here. I'm going to, uh, I'm not even going to pretend that it's the evening. We're drinking gin in the morning. It's happening. At like 10.30. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we're just going to drink some nice. I was like, I have coffee, gin, and water here. I'm like, do I need solids? Maybe after. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I haven't had breakfast, but that's okay. Yeah. I had like, I forced down a blueberry bagel because I'm like, you need some carbs to soak <laughs> up. I made this. So, I just took a sip. I made this so strong. It smells like Christmas trees all around me. I look I like, like the Christmas glass. Tree. It's nice. Thank you. I, um, I will say I specifically chose this today because I was like, I better fucking look cute for you because <laughs> let me just tell you. Okay. First of all, I'm already regretting this dress choice. If anyone's listening, <laughs> like, I, why? Okay. I like it. Really? Okay. I, I saw this at H and M and I was like, this is either the most fashion forward moment I've ever had, or this is an awful mistake. And it does like button up at the neck, but I feel like that makes me look like, cause I put it on a hanger. I, I drenched these in water today. So that, whatever I undid it. I don't know what I'm doing anyway, but I thought, you know what, this could be sort of inspired by, um, the photo of you on your website in the beautiful black and white polka dot dress. Thanks. It's like an iconic dress. It's, it's iconic because it also has its own Instagram, um, called hot for the spot. So this Instagram basically takes pictures of people wearing it, like, like spotted the hot for the spot dress in, you know, the drugstore or like the LCBO, like people just take pictures of other people in this dress. What? Yeah. Do you think it's really funny. Take a picture of me in this dress. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the ugly stepsister of your dress. It's like peace. But also, green. every time you walk into H&M, I feel like that's the, 
that's like the battle. It's like, is this super fashion forward or, or do I just look odd? Like there's no in between. (laughs) A hundred percent. Is this me trying too hard or does this look effortless? I don't know. And I should also say like the shape of this dress, there's no shape. Like it's just a bag. It all, it tapers right in at my neck as like a little turtleneck. And then even the sleeves I had to roll, it's just a big tent. Anyway, you know what? I don't care. I put, I was like, I'm going to put on bright pink lipstick for her because you always look so cute in your lipstick on your YouTube channel. (laughs) So whatever we caked on way too much highlighter out of anxiety. It's fine. Okay. Alexandra enough crap about my dress right now. This is why we're here. Okay. (laughs) You have a booming home design business. I'm so, you have a home design YouTube channel with over 300,000 subscribers. You were, oh, and you were just named one of the top 20 design change makers to know in 2020 by apartment therapy. Congratulations. Thank you. And you just gave your first Ted talk. Like, holy shit. I, yeah, I know why I think you are so wonderful, (laughs) but I'm, I'm wondering why do you think people respond to you and your YouTube content so positively? I mean, it's a question I ask myself every day, but (laughs) I will say that, um, I really think, you know, the whole reason I started my channel was because I saw a gap in the world of home decor. And I think especially this year, so many people are, um, looking at their homes differently. And I think appreciating home decor Mm -hmm. more than they ever have before. Um, because we're in our homes all the time and we want them to be comfortable and warm and, you know, stylish. Um, but I, but I also think that, you know, I, I worked in a magazine for four years in editorial Mm -hmm. and I was, um, the home editor there. And I really felt like there was no in between, just like, just like when you walk into H&M, there's no in between. It's either like (laughs) you have been in the world of interior design for years and years and you kind of like you know, do everything by the book. Um, and it's super intimidating. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people find interior design and home decor and decorating their homes intimidating. And my channel really tries to like break down that barrier. Um, I didn't go to interior design school. I'm not an interior designer. Um, I, you know, am new to like the world of DIY. So I really approach everything with like, if I can do it, then, then you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And I love too that, you know, I'm one of those people for sure that you talk, that you've, you've spoken about in your, in your YouTube channel or on your website about like rentals you think yeah. of as a temporary space. But then I know you've said before, it's like, yeah, but then you end up sometimes living in a rental for like five years. And what are you supposed to do in five years mentally? Are you living in this space? Like, uh, okay, I shouldn't relax here. I shouldn't, I shouldn't for like sure. ground myself here and feel like home, you know? So I love that. For sure. And I think, you know, the group of like millennials, um, we are, we're like statistically, a lot of us aren't going to ever be able to afford homes, um, to buy homes. <laughs> I'm going to take and a drink. That's think- so true. I'm just going <laughs> to take some gin while you say that. <laughs> yeah. And I also think that like, you know, how we, how we view buying a home and renting is changing, you know, for our parents' generation, buying a home was like the be all and end all. And I feel like that's really shifting. Um, and so I really wanted to create a space where people, even if they rent, or maybe they've just bought their first home and they have absolutely no money to renovate it or decorate it. Um, I wanted to be able to help those people and, you know, decorating a space, especially a rental is so simple. Like you don't need to, you don't need to knock down walls. You don't need to even paint really. Like there's so many small changes you can make that, that have a huge impact. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. 
let's go back for, for viewers, for listeners, let's go back. Okay. So in school, you studied journalism and studio mm -hmm. arts. And then mm -hmm. after graduating, you got, I do my research. I love that smile. Um, I love it. And then also so that you don't have to regurgitate your whole resume. Like every time you do a podcast <laughs> and an interview, my God, let's take some of that labor off your shoulders. Um, and also though, please correct me if I'm misrepresenting you in any way. No, you, in this you as got well. it right. So, um, and then after graduating, you got an internship at the Chatelaine Magazine. So amazing. And while working there, you got promoted to home editor. Uh, shout out one of the youngest editors at the magazine. Like just no big deal. We'll just throw that in there too. But I also will say I had a few jobs along the way before I got to that, that position. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just like a jump from, you know, inter I, I like I paid my dues I paid oh my absolutely time. there was years <laughs> in between starting and getting home editor a hundred percent and before yeah. that you were assisting the home editor which like yeah that's the way to do it you know to learn and then um while working as the home editor you created the home design YouTube series the home primp which gained literally I'm not saying this as a as just a, like a fun phrase literally millions of views okay so yeah. you're loving what you're doing you're putting <laughs> you it's fresh you're loving life based on reading interviews and stuff seems like you were loving it and then there's a massive layoff at the magazine you get yeah. laid off nightmare yeah. I just totally buzz killed this whole podcast so how do you go from that this high of like getting to find your creative voice in a, in a professional environment that you love to then deciding to start your own business. Like me, I would be panicking, just sending my resume desperately to every other magazine. Yeah. I, you know, so how do you go from layoff sadness to yeah. pom-pom inspiration? So it kind of, it, the way it happened was kind of wild in the sense that we had been producing the home print for a year. Mm. And it did well on our website. Like it, it got a little bit of traction on our website, but on YouTube, um, it was, you know, had like 200 to 400 views per video. And then three weeks before I was laid off, um, the second last episode we would ever film hit uh, like a million views or something. And it was, it was crazy. And so all the other videos were gaining so much traction and when I got laid off, it was kind of like this pivotal moment because, because I felt like I had lost so much, but I mm -hmm. also knew that I was at this point where I was like, okay, well, people are watching and how do I create this and do this on my own? Um, but to answer your question, you know, this isn't very helpful, but like, <laughs> I didn't really think about it. Like mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't sitting down being like, okay, you know, I, I need to start applying for jobs or I'm going to start my own business. Like I didn't really have a plan. I just kind of knew that the momentum was there and I just tried really hard to figure out how I could do it on my own and um, how I could re recreate the videos without this like massive brand supporting me because the, the truth and the reality of the situation was they had all the equipment, mm -hmm. they had the budget to buy some of the furniture. I had all the contacts from Chatelaine to call in, home decor to prop in these shoots. Um, but yeah, I guess the short answer is like, I didn't really think about it. I just kind of kept doing what I had been doing. Mm -hmm. I love that. You're like, this might not be the helpful answer. And really here, <laughs> here I'm like, that is way too humble because I mean, even you saying that you clocked the momentum of the things that were happening, you clocked what people were liking and what you were liking, which is so important. And then, yeah. and then it sounds like instead of making it 
a cerebral choice. You made it like an intuitive choice. Like your body just totally. sort of got just knew like, oh, this is what I should do. Instead of yeah. <laughs> sitting down and yeah. being like, here, plan, plan, plan. You just went yeah. with what your gut told you to do. Well, I think, you know, growing up too and, and you know, being in university and hearing like these mentors say, you know, um, just do what you love and just go for it. I was, I was always like, I would be sitting there being like, but how, like mm. how, and I would, I would desperately like look for podcasts that, that gave me some insight on like, how did these women do it? Like, how did they go from being an intern to having like a multi-million dollar business? Like how? Yeah. And I think there's always this kind of critical moment where you just decide like you just said, like your gut instinct of this is what I'm going to do. And I, I talk about this a lot actually, but my mom always taught me to trust my gut. And I, mm. I, I'm very like certain that I have a very strong gut instinct when something doesn't feel right. I just kind of feel it. But also in this case, I knew that I was doing something right. I was like, this is something, and I just need to figure out how to make it happen. Um, on my own. And I wasn't looking, you know, five years ahead. I wasn't being like, okay, so in two years, I want this to be a thriving business. I didn't think about that at all. I just woke up every day and kind of did it mm -hmm. until I got, I landed something and I landed something else and I landed something else. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the key to my success is like really not sitting down and planning a five-year plan. Um, because I think in this industry, silly things are always changing mm -hmm. and you have to, you have to adapt and you have to think quickly and pivot really quickly as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that you talked about your gut instinct. Like you just, you have this, like you, you have this feeling and you're just like, I know it's right because I have this feeling. And, and I'm, I guess I'm wondering too, I am a self-proclaimed people pleaser. Actually, I think I actually, I realized I was a people pleaser by someone else telling me I was a people pleaser. And then I was like, yeah. well, if you want me to Sounds be, sure, right. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, if you need me to continue being a people pleaser, I will keep doing that. Um, yeah. but I'm also just realizing like I contoured way too dark on my cheeks. <laughs> it's so distracting or like too much like blush. Your highlighter and I'm, I'm really into oh. Thank you so much. I'm pretty, all, most of my makeup I get like just randomly from like Causebox or Fab Fun Fit when I used to have that subscription. And then I'm like, oh, right. this is fun. And then it runs out and I don't know where to get it. And then I message friends like, what do you use? And then I just randomly buy it and throw it on my face and see what happens. Um, so thank you so much. Um, but in being a people pleaser, like I, I love design. I love style. I love all of it. And I would be so terrified to do it for somebody else. Like it's something where yeah. I would never, when I was a kid, I always wanted to like cut my Barbie's hair. I never did. Cause I'm terrified of commitment, but I'm sure even as of like a five-year-old, <laughs> but even now I couldn't, I don't know if I could design someone's face or like do someone's eyebrows, cut someone's hair, like something because I'm such a people pleaser, I'd be terrified that they wouldn't like it. So in moments where you're doubting your decisions, like your design decisions, how do you double down and like stay confident in your choice and your, your vibe? I love this question so much because it's so true. Like I am also a people pleaser and I look back on um, I would say the first like year of my business, like mm. I would say up until a few months ago, it has <laughs> taken me that long to walk into someone's space and be like, I am helping you out. Yes. I am confident 
in the choices that I'm making. And that's taken me a long time. I was always trying to people please. And it, and it often was detrimental to my channel because I wasn't necessarily staying true to what I wanted to do in a space. And, you know, it's a fine line. My job is kind of funny because I'm not an interior designer. It's, it's about gifting people these makeovers. It's about surprising them. And it's about having kind of an outsider's perspective on what I think is best for a space. And I think a lot of people, you know, interior designers have a tough job because they really have to balance what they know is, is the right decision versus what the client wants. Yes. And it took me, it took me, I would say a year and a bit to really kind of figure out what my place is Hmm. in this whole world. And, um, like in, in the world of what I do. And I'm just very, clear now, like what my role is and what the role of the the client is. Um, but I think when you're starting anything, especially a small business, it takes so long to really find your groove and figure mm-hmm. out like what your place is in it. Mm-hmm. And I think we often get really caught up in like, yeah, like what is my role or, or how do I fit into this landscape of interior designers? Who am I? Like, what am I? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the beauty of YouTube is that I've really been able to like carve out a space for myself. And, um, yeah, it's, it's something I've really been working on for the past year is like not trying to people please as much, but, but putting myself first and having confidence in my decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think when you do that, the payoff is like so much greater because you're like, Oh, I trusted myself and this other person likes space. And, um, that's a really good feeling. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That must be such a wonderful payoff, especially when you do choose to like, yep, I have a little self-doubt, but nope, we're doubling down on myself. I can do this. And then they cry and love it. And you're like, oh, great. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because you're in an industry where like as a person for yourself, for your heart, for your sanity, you don't want to, you don't want to operate only being a people pleaser, but then in business, of course you want to please people. Like, of course you want to please your clients. So it is that like tricky balance, especially if you are sort of figuring out who you are and what you are. Like you said, so much of that influences your design. And it's sort of like, I feel, I feel so much. I mean, even in my place, like I'm constantly, it's like the chicken or the egg. I'm like, I don't know who I am. So I don't know what I like, but I'm supposed to put up what I like. I don't know what comes first. Like, I don't know how to figure out, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think it's been such this whole two, this past two years has been such an amazing learning experience. And, Mm. um, and a lot of it has been like a, like a, it sounds so cheesy, but like a self-learning experience and really Mm. figuring out, you know, figuring out like who I am and what my design style is and how I interact with different people and, Mm. you know, discovering that I'm a people pleaser and trying to figure out like how to mediate that in my, in my everyday work life as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Well, and do you ever, you know how sometimes you'll have a conversation with somebody and you'll walk away being like, fuck, I was such an idiot. Like why? And then you replay that moment in your head. Like I feel like everyone does this. I've done this with most people who I've then had on the podcast and like tried to talk to you once, fucking failed, walked away. Uh, (laughs) But I'm wondering if you ever have that with a client, like, do you ever walk away after revealing a space to somebody and walk away and be like, did they maybe secretly hate it? Like, are they secretly unhappy with it? Or you, or like, I'm thinking if you follow a client on Instagram and you see, they posted a selfie and like, Oh, they changed the photo I put up. Like, did they actually hate it? And I didn't know all the time. I would say more so in the earlier makeovers, which I cannot bring myself to watch. Um, (laughs) But 
I would say, you know, it, it's, I would say that I've tried to stop doing that or I'll go crazy, but also realizing that like home decor is such a kind of like, it's such an evolving thing. Yes. And so when I see people now use my, the base of the space that I've given them and they've made it their own, it may, actually makes me so happy because mm. like, for example, Sarah Ann, um, her makeover was so fun. I made over her condo bedroom and she still has basically all the elements up. She's changed a couple, she's changed a couple of pieces of art, but it just, it makes me so happy that she's using the space mm-hmm. and that she's making it her own. And that just proves to me that she loves it. And, and, and yeah, and I think I've also come to terms with like, I know that I'm not going to give someone a space that they're going to keep you know, picture perfect forever. Um, and I'm really there to like give people a starting point, a jumping off point. And then walking away, I now know that, okay, they're probably going to change a few things and make it their own, but that's like, that's kind of the point in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of reframing that in my mind. Whereas before I think a year ago, I would have been like, Oh God, they changed. They moved, like they moved the vase. Like they hate it. (laughs) It's not, it's not really like that anymore. Um, and yeah, I think I think having the confidence walking away being I've given them, I've given them something, you know, whether that's like a bed frame or like a brand new accent wall, I've given them something that they can work with and make their own. If that makes any sense. (laughs) A hundred percent. It's so much healthier. I mean, that's like teach a per give a person a fish or teach a person to fish. You're teaching people to fish. See, this is as you were speaking, like, Oh yes, this is the healthier way to think about it of like, no, but look what I gifted them. And now they can do it themselves and they can express themselves in different way by moving yes. the vase to the left or the right. My therapist would right away be like, see, Amanda, this is your restrictive thinking. You think something has to last forever to have value. And it doesn't. But also like, you know, I also want to say that it's taken me a long time to get there. And a lot of therapy sessions about <laughs> working with people and clients and like having my own expectations of, of, I guess what I'm giving people. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's, like I said, it's been such an amazing learning curve and going into people's homes too is such an amazing experience. And I know that it's a privilege to, that people trust me in their spaces to change things around. And, um, when people come to me and have all the faith in the world, I'm like, that makes me feel so good because they obviously trust me, you know? Yeah. Have you ever walked into someone's home and been like, like, have you ever, I don't know if this is fair to ask. Have you ever found something where you're like, whoa, like what? Yes. What oh is, my gosh, yes. is, is, I wish I could, I wish I could say, I wish I could. No, no, please don't. Yep. No, <laughs> see, because, but yes, I have. Yes. Because see, it's like, it's like, if you, if you see some, I'm trying to equate this, but it's like, if you see somebody like a celebrity that you think is attractive in, in an interview and then they shit on their past partner and you're like, Oh, you're less attractive to me because is that how you would be? Or like a friend talks shit about another friend. You're like, Ooh, this is the kind of friend you are. Do you see what kind of person Alexandra is? Hire her because she wouldn't, if she finds like a dead little rat in a little coffin underneath your bathroom (laughs) kitchen, like bathroom kitchen. If you have a bathroom kitchen and (laughs) she finds a rat underneath it with a tiny little (laughs) RIP stone, like she's not going to tell on you. No, no. No. And you know, one of my favorite things I think is actually going into people's spaces and scouting. So we, we always scout a space before we make it over. I mean, in, in during the pandemic, we've been doing that via photos, but yeah. Um, but I, I love going into people's homes and like seeing how people live and 
I'm like, we're all the same. Like we all like, Aww. we all make our beds, you know? I mean, yeah. I make my bed religiously every morning, but I realize that, that, that I'm the anomaly, but like, <laughs> yeah, like I just, it's just, I love, I love, there's like a, there's a part of me that just loves like seeing what people read and what people are into. And, um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> you know what I would love to do one day? I was actually a little sad right now. I am, uh, not recording in my apartment and I was a little sad because I was like, what if I just like randomly had my apartment in the background and then <laughs> she could just like decipher her. Like, I would love for you to look at my apartment and then judge me as a person based on my apartment. Judges like seems well, negative, that would be so fun. You no, know, if you could guess what kind of person I was, cause we were, I mean, we're yeah. never spoken before, before this podcast, yeah. other than like via email to set this up. I would love if you're ever just bored one day, which I think is impossible because you're in such high demand. But if you're ever just like, that'd be fun. I will FaceTime you and I will not talk. Okay. I will just walk you around my apartment and you tell me who I am. I I, I love this idea. I think maybe you've like come up with possibly a new series idea. I think that's so fun. I love it. It's so fun. Yeah. I love that. Love it. Oh my God. You and can, it, you, you, yeah, you can tell so much. And also what will be so nice is often like sometimes people don't clue in like, oh yeah, this, this space isn't really reflecting me. And so if you're like, okay, here's what I'm getting from your space, the kind of person you are. Yeah. Someone could be like, I'm just realizing how low the armpits of this dress are <laughs> as I'm talking. Like, I am in a sack. I am in a pea soup sack. Okay, that's I fine. Love it so much. <laughs> well, now I can't unsee the pea soup. I know. And you know what, though? I kind of love pea soup. And I happen to have these, like, this shade of yellow on my nails that I hate, but I'm just like, whatever. Like, this is the part is like when I make, I'm really practicing my, like, trusting my gut. So if I'm making a choice, then, like, listen, this is the choice you, you just made. Go with it pat on the yeah. back, you're going to be wearing this ugly yellow for at least a couple days. So that's, what's going to happen. Good job, Amanda. Physical pat on the back. Okay. You touched upon imposter syndrome. Oh, I've been so, I have to actually say like, especially I love listening to interview podcasts and doing one on my own. The amount of times that imposter syndrome comes up, I feel like 95% of people, cause there are those few people who I'm like, how are you self-actualized? And this is not a part of your everyday thinking, but yeah. Um, I realized I just called you not self-actualized. Like I apologize no. <laughs> myself. No, you're a jerk. Okay. But, but for most people, I feel like imposter syndrome takes up so like it steals so much of their brain time, thinking time, yeah. whatever it's the yeah. gen. I can't even talk. And especially working in an area like YouTube where you are I would imagine bombarded by unsolicited opinions from people about not only your work, but you as well. Like just, just everything. I feel like YouTube people, I mean, everything online, people just think it's a free for all, which it is not. It is a choice to follow and watch, get off yeah. the internet if you're a jerk. Um, so how do you combat imposter syndrome when those thoughts come creeping in? Yeah, that's, I love your questions are so good. Um, Alexandra, my people, well, because there's like sweating from happiness. Thank you so much. That's so nice. Because you're asking questions that are so like, they're things that I struggle with on a, on a like weekly basis. Um, I think at the beginning, so, uh, there's so many layers to this question at the beginning. I remember little sweet, naive Alexandra. Um, mm. when I got my first batch of negative comments, mm. I was like shocked that people could be so mean. Like I was actually shocked, which is, which is 
cute. Like looking back now, I'm like, that's cute. <laughs> cute. Um, and I, they had a moment where I was like, I, I don't think I can do this. It was, it was comments on the video um, that went viral at Chatelaine, uh, it, the one that has like 3 million views. So obviously when something has that many views, the majority of comments are going to probably be trolls because at that point you've just, you've opened it up to 3 million people to have their mm-hmm. opinion. Um, and I remember looking at those comments and being like, I cannot do this. Like I, I suck. Um, also how did I ever think I could do this? But also like, I don't know if I can subject myself to this, to these comments. Like I'm not, I'm just not strong enough. I'm not there. And I think something that's really, um, kind of helped me navigate through that is like faking it till I make it Mm. and physically like pushing those comments out of my brain and just trusting that gut instinct to keep going. Um, because I think like, I really, obviously looking back, I'm like, I really believed in what I was doing, you know, like 3 million people could have their opinion, but I still believed there was something, there was something in, in what I was doing and, and kind of kept going with that. And I still struggle with that. Like sometimes I'll have days where I'll watch other YouTubers and I'll be like, I'm not doing enough. My videos aren't, you know, good enough. Um, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. And on those days, I just kind of like let myself feel those things. Mm -hmm. And I try to go back to like the things I've accomplished, the things I'm, the things I, you know, know that I am good at, I guess. But I also think that it's so important to just let yourself feel those things. I think it's impossible to be like, you shouldn't have imposter syndrome. Cause like you said, the reality is, is like 95% of us do. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just like an up and down, like constant roller coaster, honestly, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is. <laughs> um, but I think it's a, like I said, it's been a huge learning process and like talking out those feelings with my therapist on a weekly basis and talking to my, to my team, the people I work with, um, I talked to Alana. She's seen me cry like almost eight times this week. Mm. Um, and talking to my manager, Amanda and being like, this is how I'm feeling. And I just think like surrounding yourself with people that believe in you is, is always so important, no matter what your career is or, you know, what you're doing in your life. Mm-hmm. Those, those people are so important. It makes you think for so long too, I realized that in different ways I was asking people like, but how are you not afraid of taking chances? How are you not afraid of taking risks? Similar to like, well, how, how do you avoid feeling imposter syndrome? And eventually yeah. I realized it's like, no, you don't get rid of the fear. You just do it anyway. Like you don't, you do it anyway. You do it anyway. And I think that, I think that's the thing that I, from like what I've observed from people. And mm-hmm. when people ask me like, how have you grown so quickly and how have you, you know, whatever, how have you built this brand? It's like, I literally don't think about it. And I think that the people I've observed that are like, Oh, I want to do this, but I just like, I just can't. It's just the, the secret is like, you just got to do it yeah. and you can't let those feelings and stuff hold you back. And again, it sounds like so simple and like, it's so easy. It's not, <laughs> that's the thing. It's not like, this hasn't been an easy, it's been like the most rewarding time ever in my life, but it hasn't mm. been easy. Um, and I think a lot of people are scared of, of, people are scared of, of doing hard things, you know? Mm. And I think I've just been, I don't know, there's something in me that's just like made me push through those hard things and just kept going. And I think that's like the secret really. Yeah. Because I guess in those moments where you're like, okay, this is the thing I want to do, but I'm scared because it's hard or I'm scared and it's hard. 
I guess, what's the alternative? Because sometimes the alternative is scarier. Like continue not doing the thing you want to do is scarier. Like sometimes I really think as much of a people pleaser as I am, all these things, disappointing myself or in, in 10 years being unhappy and knowing it's because I didn't stick up for myself enough or do prioritize myself enough as myself enough, Jin, that is scarier to me than doing the thing that I want to do. That seems scary. You know, if that makes sense. And I I think that it totally makes sense. And I think the kind of sad thing is, is like a lot of people don't do the things that they want to do because Mm -hmm. they're scared. They're scared of what other people will think, or they're scared of failing. You know, it's, I've built up a pretty like sustainable, platform for myself in terms of a small business. And I am still scared every day of failing. Mm. Like, I'm like, what if I lose it all tomorrow? Like it's not, I don't think you ever reach a point. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think you ever reach a point where you feel like it's smooth sailing. I have everything that I could have ever imagined. And you know, everything's going to be great here on out. I think that there's always the risk of failing and there's always the risk of making that one wrong choice. But but I think the thing that separates people who succeed and who don't is that they're they're willing to wake up every day and have that uncertainty in their life, but believe in themselves and what they're doing enough to like keep going, you know? A hundred percent. I'm like wanting to snap or clap, but I don't know if I should do that. <laughs> I never know if I should do that in front of a microphone, so I don't. Um, but, and I think too, it's, I, I agree with you that so much of this is the case in every industry, in every job. And I think what layers it as even more complicated or difficult for someone like you who works in not only design and a service business, a service industry, but also on a social media platform and on YouTube is that it's not like those negative comments or things like, you know, yes, you could just turn them off and not read any of them. But so much of what you do is about like, like you said, if I can do it, you can do it. Or what do you guys want to see interacting with your audience base in such a genuine, generous, like wonderful way that you don't want to take that part away from it and be like, okay, now I'm just in a vacuum and I'm just doing whatever you want to have that interaction. So you really do want to like, listen, what do people have to say? But then you have to protect your own heart and stick up for yourself as well. And I just like, I commend you for finding that balance. And I totally appreciate it's a journey. There's never, ever a destination. (laughs) Like we're just along for the ride. But I think that it, it is such a tricky balance to find. And I love what you said about surrounding yourself with people who believe in you because as much as you believe in yourself, like there's going to be days where you're like, but am I shit? And then you got to have someone be like, (laughs) no, you're not. I made you a martini. Fill out. (laughs) And something that comforts me a lot is that I think everyone Mm -hmm. feels this way. Like whether you're the Emily Henderson of the design world or you're, you know, Studio McGee who just put out this amazing Netflix show, I am pretty positive they also feel really shitty sometimes and like they're dropping all the balls and like can't keep up and so I comfort myself with that when I'm having one of those days I'm like you know what those people also probably are looking at what I'm doing and being like oh I should do that or I should do that Mm -hmm. we're all in this like weird world together and like looking like left to right and being like "What what are they doing um but I also think that something that's like kept me focused is trying to not get hung up on like what other people are doing and mm-hmm. just kind of moving forward and 
doing what I want to do. But like also you said, keeping in mind what people want to see, it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. It's like a challenge. Yeah. It keeps things interesting. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's like, it's like a, a never ending brainstorming session with lots of people who, who already love what you're doing because that's why they're there and that's why they're engaging. So yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, I love that. And I think it's so funny when you were saying like looking left and right and like, what are they doing? I should be more doing more of that. Full disclosure. I literally did that last night on your website to myself. I was like, why am I not doing this? Oh my God. Her, her graphics and illustrations on her videos are so fucking cute. Why am I not doing more of this? I'm not even in home design. And I'm like, why am I not designing a space? Like why, why am I, why would I design a space? I don't know what I'm doing. Right. But But that's what I mean. It's like, we all, we're all thinking that that about each other. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it's this constant, we're all thinking about that. I know. So, oh, it pisses me off. It drives me crazy. You know why? Because (laughs) like, especially I have to say like, especially having the immense pleasure of talking to so many people in the arts on this podcast and it comes up so many times and I get so frustrated because I'm like, you are so wonderful. How are you ever doubting yourself? Like, please. And then yeah. I'm like, Amanda, look in the mirror because you are also totally. doubting yourself. I feel like it's totally. like, so much. Someone said this quote, uh, I don't even know who it is. So like, what respect am I showing? That's awful. But uh, someone said one day, a wonderful person, I hope said like, and now I don't even know the quote. What is this? What is the point of this? But basically it's like, if, if we took all the time that we spend doubting ourselves, like how much could you accomplish? You know, it's like, yeah. oh, we, we all feel like there's not enough hours in a day. And I somehow mentally found that in COVID where I'm like, no, you literally have all the hours, but still you feel like yeah, exactly. And I talked to my therapist. I was, I was like so stressed out to my therapist. Like I, I just need more time. And she had, she so wonderfully just sort of checked me of like, you have, you're at home all the, like you're making your schedule nothing to do, you have nothing nowhere to go. And I was crying <laughs> weekly to my partner. Like I'm just so stressed. I have so much to do. He's like, you're putting these deadlines on yourself. Like, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, I also think that's a really good example of like, I, I think we're always, we're, we can't ever do it all. Right. Like during, mm-hmm. during lockdown, I was like, why should be cooking? Like I should be like Lauren cooking. Oh. wholesome meals. Yes. Sorry, I should give context. Lauren is a mutual friend. Yes. Um, but I think, you know, but maybe Lauren was sitting there being like, I should film some home decor videos. She probably wasn't. But like, what I'm saying is I don't think you can ever win in that battle in yes. your mind. Like yes. you, you can't ever, you can't ever win. No. And there's no one that's doing it all. Like there just isn't. No. Even though it's probably seemed like that. There's not. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, and this brings so much into like being and having an online persona, you know, okay, there is so much pressure online, I think, to be authentic. Like, there's all these ideas of, like, be yourself and be completely authentic. And mm-hmm. on any social media platform, I think we get that. And, of course, you need to sell yourself, whether whether you are in home design or you are doing something else. You need to sell yourself and your brand online with a, with whatever business you're doing in order to bring new subscribers and new customers. So, you're posting highlights. Like this is anybody, even if I'm just like random woman with my business doesn't connect to Instagram at all. You're posting your highlights, what you're proud of, what you feel confident about, you know, everybody does. And so although what you're posting is authentically a part of you, it is a part of you. It is not all of you. And I'm wondering what kind of pressure do you feel online to only present like the happy, awesome, 
uh, I was going to say awesome and optimistic and they both came out. So optimistic, uh, sweet side of you. (laughs) And, And how does that affect when you meet people in real life who only know you from online and have these like expectations of you? Yeah. Again, such a good question. Thank um, you. So I nice. think, you know, I think I kind of have it easy in the sense that a lot of the world of YouTube is people sharing their lives. Mm-hmm. And I don't really share my, my life. Cause I'm, cause I'm making over spaces. That being said, I've noticed in the last, like, I would say, I don't know, year, I've realized that people want to, they want to know about your life because they connect with, they're they're connecting with me. Yes, they're connecting with me in the world of home decor, but like I've put out how many videos on my channel in my home. Like they know where I sleep. They know what my bed looks like. Like they feel, my viewers feel connected to me um, in in a very like special way. So I think, I don't know. I think um, I'm, I think, like I said, I have it easy in the sense that I don't have to share, you know, my partner or I don't have to share um, my, like my family or my, my, my really low times in order to like gain views and gain traction. Cause a lot of YouTubers like kind of have to, Mm -hmm. or they feel like they have to, I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I have to do that. So I feel like I'm in a really lucky kind of spot where I get to kind of choose what I share and what I don't share. Um, but I think I always leave whenever I bump into someone in the real world, I always leave the interaction feeling like, did I let this person down? Like, I don't know what, Yeah. but I I think it's because I'm like, I don't know what they I don't know who they think I am versus mm-hmm. who I actually am. Do you know what I mean? You don't know what parts of you they they like or are resonating with. So you're like, what parts do you, what parts should I yes. like allow to come out right now? But then I should just be yes. myself. And yeah, yeah. God, what a mind fuck. But I also think that like, I am, I am like really myself on my videos. Like I don't, I don't think I, I mean, obviously it's like my work self. So I'm, I'm, you know, super high energy. I can't like lie on the couch and make over. A room, but um, you should. If you ever, if you ever make over MySpace, you can totally do that. Just lay on the couch and be like, "Let's be like, okay, so you're gonna." We we painted this wall because (laughs) it was ugly, and like, see, I couldn't do, but yeah, you could totally lay on the couch. But yeah, I also acknowledge that like my my YouTube channel is a part of me. Mm -hmm. It's a very authentic part of me, but it's just a part of me, and it's um, it's not my whole. It's not my whole. Well, it feels like my whole life sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, but like, obviously I have stuff going on just like everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't feel pressure to share those parts, which I'm really grateful for because, because I know a lot of people do feel that pressure on the internet. Um, but I, I just, I don't, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the weirdest thing was when I realized that like bringing people, because because I'm not sharing a ton of information about my personal life, if I bring in like a little like nugget, then people kind of create a story because that's all that's like the one piece mm. of information they have. So that's been kind of tricky to navigate, but also it's not a it's not a bad thing. I don't know. I feel like mm. I have it better than a lot of YouTubers, to be honest. Well, I think it's interesting what you say too, though, that some other YouTubers might feel more pressure to share. Cause I think too, it's like, well, what did you start off sharing? And then people sort of yeah. see that viewers sort of see that almost as like a contract. Like, well, you started off 
started off, I don't know what that Boston situation, I can't even do accents. So I don't know how that came out. I feel like there's a person <laughs> inside me who's amazing at accents, who is like, when is my time to shine? And I'm just like, never, <laughs> like I just shit on her. So funny. I was like, guys, I can't, it never comes out. And then sometimes like, I was doing a self tape the other day. I was doing this, this audition. Like what's happening to my voice? And it's the gym. It's legit. Maybe I should just, and randomly I was like a Scottish accent popped out. And in a moment I was like, I'm so fucking good at that. And then later I tried to tell my partner and I couldn't, like it went, ir- like I couldn't repeat it. And he, maybe this is didn't. your calling. Yeah. Accents are my call a hundred percent. Like, I'm like an accent like podcast or something <gasps> where like you just, just do, you just do all your interviews in different accents. <laughs> and, and I wait to see how long before the guest is like, so where are you from? And I'm like, ding, ding, ding. Now the episode's <laughs> over. And we just see how long and all the exactly. guests that I put on, I'm like, you can't listen to any of the other podcast episodes. What a great so advertising opportunity, like promoting, <laughs> don't listen to any other episode. Just this one. Um, oh so my funny. God. What was I saying before I became a different we were talking about we were talking about you. youtubers being able to, to yes, like yes, having yes. that choice yes i just asked my guests to remind me what we were talking about like this is what happens we're when drinking. you have gin at i was gonna say it's like noon yeah it's fine. yeah thank you so it's much acceptable. So kind of you um but yes i think it's when you start off sharing vlogs about your daily life or things and people think oh okay well you need to sustain this forever like you need to stay and stay in this lane and and keep doing that I totally get that and like very early on I I I made the choice that I wasn't going to share that stuff I mean I did like a tiny bit but um but when it feels like right and when it when it makes sense to do so Mm -hmm. It's also a great way of like sharing the renovations that you're doing in your space, I think is a great way for people to get to know you specifically as a person, yes. but through the lens of home design. Like that was brilliant. I was like, yeah, love that idea. Exactly. love that so much. Yeah. Um, what kind of pressure do you feel to always look cute? All the time. Yeah. Like if someone, because you don't want someone to judge you and be like, can she make over my space? If I don't think she looks like perfect on her body, like with All her outfit and her makeup. Yeah. What, how do you deal All with the time. that? But I also am just like, you know, sometimes I'm like, sometimes I've been shooting for five days in a row and I'm like, I just can't, (laughs) can't right now. Um, But yeah, I do feel that pressure. I think it's so funny because I think about this all the time, how I can make over a space and like walk in and know exactly where things need to go and what color couch I want to put in there, what color I want to paint the wall. I find dressing myself extremely difficult difficult. Like Mm. I I don't, I don't get the, I know it's the same kind of like brain function as making over a room. Like I get like my friend, my friend Layla, um, she puts together like these amazing outfits and she posts her cute outfits on, on Instagram all the time. And like, she's like, well, it's just easy. Like you just match this with this. And and I'm like, I can't, but I feel (laughs) like I'm like that with a room. Like I'll go in and be like, well, you just do this. Like it's simple. And people are like, but I don't get it. Yeah. So I've kind of like, I've, I've kind of come, come up with a, a uniform, like overalls are my thing. They're oh, super easy. So you just cute. throw them on and you put a cute shirt underneath mm-hmm. this sweater. I have four different colors in this sweater and it's super comfy and I wear it with leggings. Um, so I haven't really figured out the precise formula to dressing myself, but, um, I, I just, I try. 
I, I just try. That's yeah. all I can do. Well, you always, I mean, the reason I thought of this is because in every video you look adorable like, and you look so stylish. Well then, but then, you know what I'm thinking? I'm like, oh my God, she looks fucking wonderful in every video. And maybe this comes easy to her, but also whether it comes easier, just because you can, doesn't mean that you have to. And fuck the pressure to have to look, you're not, you're not there saying, I am a style guru on my body. You're there being like, I know how to redeck, like I know how to design this space, but there comes right. like, any design-based industry. I feel like there's this assumption. Actually, here's, Here's like, so as an actor, if I ever have to go do, like if I ever get headshots done, anything with a still camera, not a moving camera, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like I'll shoot a commercial and I'll feel great. And then like this one, I was like, okay, yeah, great. And then we went to go do the print side. Genuinely, I was like, this is my first day in kindergarten. Like, I don't know what I can't, it's not. And people are like, I don't get it. You're in front of a camera. It's like, it's not the same skill. It's not. No. It's not. And you think it would be, you think it would be like, you think decorating a room would be the same as decorating your body with clothes. It's not the same. And I think people, some people just have it and some people just don't. It's, it's funny though, because I've been reflecting on this a lot in terms of clothing. Um, I think just going back to like feeling pressure as well on the internet Mm -hmm. is something that, that doesn't help is that I can go back and look at myself like three or four years ago Mm -hmm. on the internet and be yes. like, that was a cute outfit. Like, <laughs> why can I dress myself then, but I can't dress myself now? Um, I don't know what yeah, you're. I, I think, don't know what video you're thinking of. Why can't I dress myself now? I'm like, I've literally watched all your videos, and you're so cute. And also, I'm like, oh my god, she pulls off different combinations of stripes, um, overalls, and pom pom necklaces so well. I'm like, how many of all of these does she have? Or that white pom pom sweater that you have fave. in your what video where. I think it was like a daily vlog actually video where you were wearing it. Yeah. I was like, where is this from? Went to the website. You can't buy anything right now. I was very sad. (laughs) Yeah. No, I do love, I do love that sweater. I also have just given up on the fact that like, I'm not going to wear overalls like twice. Like you're going to see me in overalls in probably every video (laughs) and that's just what you get. So that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I want to ask you a weird question that I just thought of while you were, um, I just was going to say while you were talking, like, that's such a bitchy, that sounds bitchy, but I was, no, listen, I was a hundred percent. It's listening. your job. That's your job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was more just like in the moment I was inspired and thought, and it's probably the gin, but when you were talking, like I could walk in and design, a, I know how to design a room, but when it comes to my body, if your body was a room, what would it be? Wow. <laughs> I think it's um, the gin. I think it's the gin. I don't even know. This no, is the <laughs> I think it would be colorful. Mm. embellished with pom-poms mm-hmm. and like kind of bohemian oh yeah um and would it be like a living room a bathroom a kitchen a, a, I don't even know how no it would be a bedroom because be a bedroom. it would be cozy oh that's also how I approach my clothes it's just like anything comfy I just need all the comfy things <laughs> my first instinct was that I would be a foyer, but I don't know what that I was going to say, what is your, <laughs> I'm like, maybe like an I need, entryway. I need to talk to my Come therapist. Come on in. Why? I feel like it's like, it's not quite sure yet. Like it's, I am not showing the whole thing yet. Like I'm not showing fully who I am, but, I, but I'm getting there. Like, come on in. There's going to be more, but you won't know yes. right away. Yes. I don't know. I think and you should I'll, ask yeah. this question to every person on your podcast. <laughs> what I do. room I think- is your body? 
(laughs) (laughs) I think it will be met with the same response as your initial one of, whoa, okay. And then you generous, whoa, whoa. (laughs) what the fuck is this question? Let me try and be a really kind person. You totally were. Um, I love that. I think I want, I want my body to be I don't know. I want my body to be a really cute balcony, but right now she's a foyer. That's what I think. Love that. Uh, And there's no substance to that. That's just like a full, we're talking about visceral gut instincts. That's my gut instinct. You don't need to question it. Look at my arms while I'm talking right now. This is ridiculous. Okay. I should drink gin in the morning way more often, Alexandra. Okay. Just (laughs) shook my whole table. Um, Okay. So I would love to get uh, a couple little pieces of advice from you. And also here's the thing. Your expertise and time is valuable. So please feel free to make these so brief because I should not be, okay. you know what I mean? Getting free advice. Okay. Totally fine. So <laughs> she says, totally fine. And she takes a drink of a long sip of her gin. I'm ready. Totally <laughs> fine. I guess it's a work day. I'll just work for free. Okay. But for real, for real, like don't. Yeah. Okay. So, um, a huge reason that I'm sort I'm I'm like oh, help me is that with with it being COVID, um, a status update everybody COVID is COVID is still happening and going into winter I feel like a bear a little bit like I'm getting ready to hibernate and I really yeah. want my space to be like a little haven for me and it really yeah. is getting there I have to say I'm very excited to see what you like, who you think I am based on my apartment because I actually am feeling like it's more and more me. Um, and it, it's not what I thought would be me. Anyway, so I really want to prepare it for winter like a little bear. What is the best way for someone who does not know how to do this at all? What's the best way to make my space reflect who I am? Especially if I don't know who that is right now. <laughs> I don't know who that is yet. Yeah, good question. Um, okay, I have two pieces of advice. I think, um, I think, for me, building my space, I haven't made it, I haven't tried to make it look like anything. Like, I think a lot of people find these images on Pinterest and they're like, like, this is what I want. But, but then when they see all the individual pieces together, they're like, "Mm, don't really love that. Like, don't really love that chair. Don't really love that table. And I think the key to having a space that feels like your own is literally going to stores or looking online and buying things that you love. Hmm. Um, and they don't have to match. They don't have to, you know, look super cute together. I just think that, I don't know, like I look around my space and I'm like, everything works together. Does it, does it necessarily like match? I don't really think so, but it, but it, but it somehow works because it's all reflective of who I am and what I like Hmm. and the colors that I like. Um, And I think, I don't know, like I look in decor magazines when everything looks exactly the same. Like you have a room when it's like, I've seen this bedroom a million times and it doesn't, is it beautiful? Yeah, I guess so. But it doesn't really reflect anyone's like personal style or who they Mm. are. So yeah, my advice to you would be to pick things that you love, but then also use Pinterest or Instagram to find commonalities between the spaces that you're pinning or you're saving. So what I love to do sometimes is go onto my Instagram and look at my like saved posts. And there's such a common thread. I'm like, okay, I'm really loving arches right now. Or I love this like scalloped pattern. 
Um, or like I'm loving concrete pink sinks. Like that is a thing that I'm loving right now. I would love a pink sink. Same, same, same. Um, so I think it's like pulling, pulling these like common threads and being like, yeah, you know what I do. I'm loving pinks right now. Or I love like dark moody bedrooms or, um, whatever. And then pull out all those elements and then just put them into your space. Is that helpful at all? Yes. At all. Yes. Because I think, because I think we also, I think so many people get hung up on like looking at Instagram photos and being like, I want that space. Like that's beautiful. But they're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, how do I achieve that? But it's almost breaking it down into tiny elements being like, why do I like that space? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not because of the color they painted the walls. Maybe it's like those arches, those arch patterns that they've brought into their space, or maybe it's a really big white comfy couch or whatever. Um, so I would say like honoring your style and honoring who you are is like simply buying things that you really love. Yeah. Honestly. Yes. Well, and when you look at like, you know, design magazine, like when you're looking at, okay, this is a living room. It clicked when you were talking. I was like, oh yeah. So often when I look at it, I'm like, that's not really me, but I think often spaces are designed or they're like presented in a way with like, okay, well, this is for the um, quirky 30 something year old woman. And you're like, okay, sure. That might be an aspect, but I'm not a caricature. Like I'm not a stereotype. I'm a full person. And so what you were talking about, like, okay, so you really like that lamp from that space. Okay, great. You like this, you like that. And then your space reflects more of you as a whole versus just like a part of you. I also think that people get so hung up on like, my style is boho. Yes. My style is industrial. Whatever. If people ask me my style, I'm like, I actually, I don't know. Like it's kind of boho, I guess, but it's also eclectic. And there's elements of like things I've collected from my travels. Like it's, it's so many different things. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I go and scout people's spaces, I never ask them, what is your style? I always ask them to send me three images of their favorite spaces, like Mm. not no more than three, because a lot of the time people will send a pink room and then like a minimal white room and then like a dark and moody, like, (laughs) and you're just like, I don't know. But I, but I, but I look at all of them and I'm like, what are the commonalities between Mm. these and how can I blend all of those styles into one space? Um, so I think it's also, yeah, not getting hung up on like, what is my style? It's like, instead changing that phrase to like, what do I love? What, what are the things that I love? Yes. And that's going to change. That's always going to change. You know, that's what my therapist would say too. She'd be like, Amanda, you're going to change heads, heads up, hot tip. COVID's still happening. And you're going to change as person. Over but that's time. what's so fun about home decor is like, you can paint your wall dark Navy mm-hmm. and then you can like put it back to pink or yellow or whatever color you want it to yes. be. Like that's why it's so fun. And I think a lot of people have been really scared to take risks because they feel like they have to stick to these rules. I'm like, what rules? There's no, there's no rules. It should just yeah. be fun and what you love. And it's your home. You don't let anyone in your home yeah. without inviting them. Like, don't let them get in there. And why are you? Yeah. hundred percent. I don't want my living room to abide by rules that someone else is not living there. It's happening. Um, exactly. okay. So talking about, you could paint your wall Navy and then you're going to paint a pink and then you're going to paint. I am so indecisive and I hate commitment in my space. Yeah. ironically like it's so funny I whenever I say I hate commitment and like it terrifies me I always feel like I have to acknowledge like I've been in a relationship forever but that doesn't I don't know why I'm saying that now but like I feel like listeners will be like you've been in a relationship but it's that I I don't like 
like all of the pictures, I have hardly anything on my wall right now. And anything that is up is up with those like command strip Velcro because I'm like, well, what if I don't, what if my clock, I want my clock there today. And then in a week from now, right. I don't want it there anymore. So what are, right. how do I decorate my space without feeling like I'm committing to that design or style forever? This might be more of a therapist question, but I'm, I'm one. Okay. This is, <laughs> I'm going to break this down a little bit. So, okay. So I think it's finding solutions. For example, um, I have this velvet purple sofa. It's like a mo it's like not, it's like, well, actually no, it is purple. <laughs> Will I want this couch, this purple couch in five years? Maybe not, probably not. It has a removable cover. So I can actually change up this couch color, whatever I want. So I always advise people like, would I go out and buy a $1,500 purple sofa? Probably, probably not. Instead, you can like play with textures and throws and pillows to add in that color. And then you're not committing. You're not committing to a purple couch. You're committing to like maybe a hot pink throw for a few months, mm. but you can always like sell that throw if you don't like it or move it to a different room. Um, I think that's really important to those ticket items. If you're scared of commitment, go with something more neutral and then have fun with all the colors that you layer, that you layer in. And also like, you know, if you want to hang a photo with command hooks, that's a really great solution, but also like it doesn't cost money, a lot of money or time to patch a hole. If you don't like it there. See, I don't even no? know how to do that. I need to just YouTube how to patch a hole. Honestly, it's, it's the most simple thing. Really? Okay. Um, you need to Google this after the podcast because <laughs> you'll be like, wow, yes. I'm going to put nails in all of my walls. Um, but yeah, I think also the fun of it is realizing that you don't have to commit. And again, like, I think a lot of people feel like they have to commit, but mm -hmm. don't. And I don't know, I'm not someone who is like, I don't want to live in a space that feels sterile and cold because I'm scared of committing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also think changing things out seasonally is really helpful. Like I, I know mm. that sounds whatever, but, but like I move things around my apartment constantly and right now I have like these dark brown and reddish toned throw cushions for fall I'll probably like move those around to my bedroom at some point and then bring in like the summer cushions like mm -hmm. it you can just have fun with it you know mm -hmm. but I think my main tip is don't don't invest in those big ticket items in like a color that you know is going to date in a couple of years yes I love that I love that so much I would see. And part of me is too is like, it's so helpful. And part of me too is like, okay. I fucking love a purple or mauve, mauve, whatever velvet couch. Like, fuck, I would love that. So, I mean, I think that's the other, it's, it's see both of the advices. They already permeated my but body. Then it's, but then it's finding solutions that you can have that purple sofa. Like, like I said, I can take off the, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go to buy a 1500, 20, you know, not 20,000, $2,000 <laughs> purple sofa. Um, but this one I can change. I can take the yeah. cushions off and, um, like the covers, it's the company's called BEMS. They're so cool. Um, so in that sense, it's like, I was ready. I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to this, but I know that I have a way out if I don't like this purple sofa cover in five years. Okay. Yes. So helpful. Okay. My last piece of advice question, my last advice question, advice seeking question, um, is, Okay. Also, I love, 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 love that you talk about, um, like wanting to design primarily or like targeted at like millennials who are in rental spaces on a budget. And I'm wondering what are some of your, a couple of your favorite stores, um, for people who are on a budget? 
I get this question all the time, but I'm like, it's COVID, maybe it's changed. So let's <laughs> ask again. <laughs> okay. So I think um, I always, I always advise my viewers to spend a little bit more money on those big ticket items like a sofa. Mm -hmm. So even this doesn't really answer your question. I'm kind of doing a tangent, but I just want to make a side note. I think the big ticket items are so important to, to invest in because I don't see I don't see home decor as just relating to one space. Like I look at everything in my apartment and when I, if I move, you know, I will bring all of this stuff and recreate the room in my new apartment. Mm. So to me, it's like, I've really tried to invest in things that will last me a long time. And that I'll be able to take with me like lighting. I never cheap out on lighting because lighting makes such a difference in a space. And I know that I'll, I've collected lights that I know I'll have in like, for like years to come. Mm. Um, but in terms of budget friendly solutions, my favorite source, should we break it down to categories? Oh my God. A type. I would okay. fucking love a category. <laughs> okay. So rugs. I love to shop on rugs USA. They always have sales. There's also a rugs.ca. I think they're the same company. They always have sales. They have beautiful rugs. Rugs are so expensive. They always have like amazing sales. So you can get really good budget finds there. Um, for furniture, I love like Structube, Ikea, Ikea, you can hack anything and make it look so beautiful and unique. Um, I also love article. They are not super budget friendly, but they are just like such an amazing company. And for those really big ticket items, like a new sofa or chair, their furniture will last you forever. And mm. it's like such classic, but stylish pieces. Um, yeah, I think those are like my top. I think those would be my top ones. I'm trying to think of it. And then, you know what? I also love independent, um, like small makers, like ceramic companies Mm. and boutiques that sell these like beautiful tea towels. Like you can actually find some really beautiful um, pieces that are handmade that like aren't super expensive. Um, Printable art is also one of my favorite things. So artists that sell their art for a fraction of the cost because you handle the printing and framing. Um, Juniper, is it called the Juniper Print Studio? Um, Printable Concept. Um, There's just like these amazing companies that sell this beautiful art for like $20 and then you print it and frame it and hang it in your home. And you're, you're, you're getting these like gallery worthy pieces for under $50, which is amazing. I actually went on printable, wait, sorry. Concept. Yes. Printable concept. And I was on society six last night yes. for like hours, just being like, I love this. I love this. And it's funny what you say. So before, cause I had a bunch that were like saved in my wish list or whatever that I thought, okay, I want to figure this out like above my couch or something to just put up art, especially now again, winter is coming. I want a space that I feel like so happy and excited. And, and originally I was like, all of these pieces of art need to go together And so I would go to like the artist and I would love one piece and then the others just wouldn't speak to me in the same way. And yesterday, I swear, I guess you like telepathically were telling me this advice before we spoke because I was going through and being like, fuck this. If I love a photo, I'm not going to think about like, well, where would I put it? Whatever. Just add it to the wish list because I'm a bunch of different things. So I love that. I love that. And I think, I think it's so like, you'll be amazed if you if you go into, you know, all your wish lists and buy like five things and bring them into your home, you're like, Oh my gosh, this actually works together because Mm. it reflects me. And I love all of these things. There's not like a single thing in my home. I would say that I don't 
love. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I just bought things and, and invested in things that I, that like speak to me, you know, and then I'm not buying things to be like, hmm, that won't match my, my sofa or like it, it all matches because it just does. Because if you're buying things that you like, there's, there's common threads in there. Okay. To wrap up today, I want to ask a little bit about you outside of home decor and home design. Um, okay. What is something outside of home design and YouTubing that you want to be doing more of professionally or personally? I would love to be writing more. Mm. I used to, um, I wanted to actually go to school for creative writing. That was like my, my dream. Um, definitely writing. I was writing so much in university, like short stories and it just makes me feel like very centered and calm. Um, I want to say reading because that's what everyone says, but I actually have been (laughs) reading quite a bit during the pandemic. So we'll say, yeah. So we're good on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think writing and like, I really have actually been thinking about this a lot as well because my home decor has always been like a hobby that's turned Mm -hmm. into a job. And I've been thinking a lot, like I need a new hobby. That's not work because I love, I love home decor. So I find myself doing it all the time, but I'm like, wait, but I, I need something to separate my work from my personal life. It's like when you, when you turn a passion into a job, you, it's that weird kind of balance, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I've definitely been thinking, I want to find a hobby that doesn't relate to the world of home decor at all that I can kind of do to unwind. I'm thinking, I've been thinking about pottery. Oh um, yes. But then are you like, yeah. what if I end up making mugs and then it's home design again? Like, our, cause I was going to say, what about photography? <laughs> cause true. like the, the photos that I've seen that you've taken are stunning. Like, and I know, I know you all like part of, um, studying studio art in university was photography, but then yeah. I, so I was going to be like, what about photography? And then I thought, well, no fuck. Cause then you're going to think like, oh, I could sell it on it. I could put it in people's homes. Like, yeah. I don't know how you, you're going to have to find a hobby that doesn't, <laughs> you can't weave back into home. I've also been thinking about photography a lot though. Cause that was something I, I did all the time and I, mm-hmm. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really do that anymore, but but what's funny is that the job that I do now incorporates all of those things. Like it incorporates mm. photography. It incorporates being able to look at a space and, and like map it out in my mind, like, like a photograph. Right. But yeah, I will. So like TBD. TBD. I love it. On the hobby that I'm going to hopefully soon take up. Okay. I Don't know it. what it is yet. I love it. <laughs> Writing and something outside of home design. Okay. Um, and what's something that you do for yourself to stay mentally healthy? Um, I, I sleep a lot. <laughs> I go to bed really early yesterday. I go to bed embarrassingly early, but, um, it's the only way I really feel like I stay sane. I also try and turn off my phone. Um, like every night before I go to bed, like I'm not someone who I try not to be that person who's like sitting on my phone in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, yeah, like resting is really important to me. Um, and just trying to like mentally shut off. I've had a lot of conversations with this about, about this with my friends lately. Again, like trying to find the balance between available, like we're all available right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're all at home and being like, you know what? I'm not going to answer this FaceTime call right now, or I'm not going to pick up the phone right now. I don't really want to talk. That's been, um, that's been something that's a boundary. I've really been trying to create for myself or else I just feel burnt out all the time. Yes. Well, and just because, and this is, I'm saying this as much for myself as anything, like 
just because you can do something doesn't mean that you have to, or that for yourself that you should like, just because yes, technically I could pick up the phone right now. doesn't mean that I need to, because you like, you don't need to justify needing time for yourself, needing downtime. Yeah. You don't have to justify that. It's taken me a long time to, to get to that, to feel confident in that, to be honest, but I just know myself and I know that I get I'm like an introvert and I get burnt out really easily. So creating those boundaries is super important for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I think people pleaser side of me always feels, um, selfish. Like if I could do something for somebody and I'm not, then I'm just this awful selfish person that they can't rely on. And it's like, yeah, no, they want you to be healthy too. (laughs) But I also think about it in terms of like, if I want my job to be sustainable or if Mm. I want to be a nice person, then I have to create those boundaries or, or I'm not going to be able to succeed at anything. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, what is a guilty pleasure of yours? I love asking people what their guilty pleasure is. A guilty pleasure. I think like, (laughs) I love so excited your face. I'm so excited. I love guilty pleasures. I'm going to say like, just like ordering in like an excessive amount of takeout <laughs> or like, no, I have a good one actually. Um, <laughs> You're already like, no, that was shit. Let's move on. <laughs> no, my, my partner is going to laugh. I'm like Ubering, Ubering donuts. I'm like whispering because I'm so ashamed. Like everything like donuts. Okay. Okay. So the part that I love about the guilty pleasure is like, the the presence of the guilty like okay so let's unpack why are we guilty about ordering the donuts because we're uber eating them <laughs> because we're paying a delivery fee and a service fee for something that like and yeah. we're sitting at home on the couch and then ubering donuts to right us. like when you could yeah I understand I mean COVID helps though like that's that's you're, you're <laughs> giving you're giving you're not only helping um the business that you're buying the donuts from you're also helping help a ring uber and you're also helpering the delivery person it's a little bit extra i mean it is yeah yeah like when you order like i one day wanted to order like one sandwich and i realized like if i just went to the store it would be eight dollars but if i ordered it was like 18 and i'm like i yeah would i because i think too it's like if i was at the restaurant would i pay 18 dollars for this sandwich but plus but exactly your your time and the need of rest (laughs) is worth investment. And you know what? I'm always, right. I, I'm the same too. I'm ordering something. It's funny that you say like an excessive amount. Cause for me, if I'm going to order a donut, I'm like, okay, well then I should order 30 donuts. Well, absolutely. Like it has to you're be like, worth it. You're like 30 makes more sense than one. hundred <laughs> percent. You have leftovers. And like, I also cannot have the person who's delivering it. Like, I don't want them to drop off one donut yeah, at my door. That's, that's terribly embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we take a lot of like pleasure in that like there's some days where we're like do you just want to it's like 10 p.m we're like do you want to uber eats donuts do you want to just yeah 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 I do (laughs) yeah are you my soulmate yeah (laughs) did you just propose because I wouldn't be as happy as what you just said exactly my friend yeah no sorry go ahead no I was gonna say my friend and I um so this was pre-covid so like even more I mean, it completely unnecessary. Sometimes she would come over after I was done work and we would just like watch Netflix and just like hang out. And sometimes like, oh, let's have some wine. Let's have whatever, watch Netflix. And we would eat like, she would eat all my freezies. That was a really annoying part because I never had leftovers anyway. But I swear to God, like we would have like a weekly hang and I got to say like three out of four times, we would just sort of turn to each other and be like, do you want to order McDonald's? But here's what we're ordering from McDonald's. (laughs) She is ordering 
if I'm calling you out. She is ordering a small or a snack size McFlurry. And I was like, bitch, order a large. She would order a snack size McFlurry and I would order like two or three. One time I did 12 chocolate chip cookies. That's what we're ordering on Uber Eats. And then we would rock, paper, scissors and fight over who had to answer the door because of the shame of like, it's just such a small order. It's not the, it's not what we're ordering. It's the small amount. Right. And that's the oh. thing. It's not like my guilty pleasure isn't donuts. It's yes. Like, it's Uber ordering them yes, to my yes. doorstep at 10 PM. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the feeling that it's so unnecessary to get this item delivered. Yes. Also buying home decor magazines, like $12 home decor magazines that I never read. And I'm always like, I'm going to relax with a cup of coffee on a Saturday and read these. No. No, like because no. boundaries. Saturday is not a work day. I, yeah. I I heard you saying that the other day, and I was like, "Fuck, good." She's like, "I'm she. I'm talking about you. <laughs> I'm talking to you about you." I swear, I made this drink so strong. <laughs> like I panicked and made it so strong, and it's so Ooh. cold. Like I filled it with ice. Anyway, that's why there's no room for tonic water in there. Um, but I re- yeah, I remember I was listening to you. It must have been a pod. It was a podcast, I think. And you were saying like, you're really trying to turn off on the weekend, turn off on the weekends, turn off. I was like, did I just say turn up? You're really trying to turn it up on the weekends. Like you're really trying to not work and just club hard yeah. on the weekends. Um, I love this. I love that guilty pleasure. Cause I get it. I think it's like, sometimes we don't feel like we deserve like a, um, if something feels like a little too luxurious, a little too convenient. Like what is it? Why? I take such pleasure in the act of like buying them, like finding the magazine. Yeah. Oh, this looks so good. Flipping through a couple pages being like, I'm going to have such a fun time reading this. And then like, I never do. (laughs) And then you don't have more. It's more the pleasure that I revel in of like buying it and placing it on my table. And then just, I'm like staring at four of them right now. I'm like, (laughs) nice to read though. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Of the four, how many, how, how much have you read percentage wise? I think I've read like half of one of them. Okay, that's great. What is that? That's like 12.5%. We're on our way. Yeah. Maybe. Listen, we're on our way. You know what? Also, can't like write that off. That's a business expense. <laughs> so Dude, actually, you're not you're not wrong. I am not I'm wrong. Like, wow, light bulb moment. A hundred percent. You I no, like this is no sarcasm. Write all four of those off, so especially the ones you're not reading write those off put them in a little (laughs) acrylic slide and we set them no I'm just kidding I'm not gonna design listen as soon as I said it I was like (laughs) I saw that in like devil wears Prada or something and thought I was like so funny that was like the best idea okay um when was the last time that you felt victorious outside of work (laughs) these questions are just getting (laughs) depressing and I don't have any gin left and I'm like oh no I wish I could like push um, you more no, um, or proud Victoria. You know what, actually, you know yeah. what I will say, um, cooking is not my strong suit at all. There was a couple weekends ago where I cooked every single meal and I felt so proud. I even whipped up some banana bread. Like it was, oh shit. Yeah. Um, but no, cooking is something that I really, really want to get better at I just it's never my mom is an amazing cook my sister is an amazing cook an amazing baker and I've just like ever taken the same pleasure in it as they have um but yeah that weekend I I nailed it oh 
nailed it. I was so bored. I was like, what can I do? Cause I'm not working. I'm so bored. I'm like, what can I do? I'm going to cook every meal. Is that, that, I feel like that's, yeah, that's like a victory. Yes. Also, also it's the last time you felt victorious. It's not the last time everyone would say you had a victory. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, oh my God, what, what did I do yesterday? I padded my, I physically at the suggestion of my therapist, I physically patted myself on the back for something. Oh my God. Yesterday I moved a heavy thing into the basement that I didn't want to move. Yeah. I was like, I could leave this for later or I could just get this over with now. And I picked it up. I moved it into the basement and then I physically patted myself on the back and out loud said, good job. Good job, Amanda. I love that. Sometimes on set, um, my videographer and I were like very, very friends, Carla and I, and we just like, we're just, we just have a funny dynamic, but she'll be like, wow, that looks really good. I'm like, I know. Don't I know it? You don't have to tell me twice, but thank you for saying it out loud once. I appreciate it for the validation. Yeah. It is. And with people who really know you, you can, I think there's this, like, this, I don't know, this, like, need to be humble and need to be, and absolutely, you want to be humble, but you also want to be confident. And I think a lot of us are like, ooh, where confident turns into cocky, it's actually an illusion. It's way higher than that. So when people who really know you, you can sort of, like, you're like, I don't know. Just be like, yeah, I'm no. fucking amazing because you trust that they know you're not an asshole. So you're like, totally. I can ask you to make me an Oscar and give it to me. Exactly. Like, Thank you so exactly. much for that. I appreciate <laughs> that so much. Um, okay. This is like a totally out of left field. And it just came to me when I was thinking about what I wanted to ask you about is do you believe, do you like horoscopes? Do you believe in horoscopes? Okay, great. Yeah. It's not something I've talked about a lot, but like I am very into that whole, yeah. I, I, I really think, okay, here are my two uh, hypotheses here is that one, you are telepathic and you were telling me these things yesterday when I was like panicking, like going over my questions, making sure like, okay, are we happy with what we are preparing to ask her? Um, or, which I think it's a little bit of both, or who you are really does just come through so much in your content that I could just oh, infer that you love horoscopes. Okay. I know nothing about horoscopes, but I love them. I know nothing about tarot cards. I have a pack. I know nothing about crystals. I have them all, but I thought it might be fun to read our horoscopes for today. I love that idea. Okay. okay great. Especially. Are you going to read them? Well, I was going to look them up and then um, I very much tried to find out what your birthday was. I almost texted our mutual friend, Lauren. I was like, I shouldn't text her in a panic. Like, it's Wait, do you know when it is? I don't. Can I ask you when it's your birthday tomorrow. is? tomorrow. No, it's not. Are you kidding? It is. No, I'm not. It's tomorrow. <laughs> it's October 28th. Oh my God. Uh, I'm freaking out. I'm getting sweaty. I've, this is I've so almost weird. forgotten like eight times, but it's in the calendar. It's, it's, it's in tomorrow. the calendar. It's in the calendar. I love you that you, I, yeah, I, it is. my Bible is my agenda. Um, or my agenda <laughs> is my Bible. I don't know what would be pro- the proper way to say it. Oh my God. Okay. Happy early birthday. Thank you. I knew this. Is so crazy. yeah, I'm a Scorpio. Okay. What are you? I'm an Aries and I'm a, okay. I'm a, I've been told that I'm a cuspy Aries because I'm April 19th. So I'm the last day of Aries, but growing up when I read J 14 magazine, um, Same. making me feel young, my love. I couldn't love you more, genuinely. <laughs> like my favorite magazine. It was so good. And you know what? I was at Shoppers so yesterday or a couple days ago. 
and I just like peruse. Like I just walked by the magazine. Is section. It still a thing? It's still a thing. You're not allowed to touch them because of COVID, but it's still a thing. They changed the font a little bit, which I was very sad about, but like everybody needs to grow and evolve. That's fine. It's still I'm a like, thing. Maybe that's what you- I'm mean. shocked. And you would read like that. I, like literally the posters that would come with, like Chad Michael Murray was a was yes. a, beside my bed. That was before the internet when like you knew the gossip when it happened. It would be like Hillary Duff's mega secret. And you were like, but I want to know. Like this yeah. before we had Twitter, or, like cell phones or Instagram or anything. A hundred percent. And it was always after the fact. It was never in real time. You're like, Hillary Duff maybe did this three months ago. You're like, oh my God, did you hear that three months ago something happened? And it was, yeah, hundred percent. Cut at all those. I- I found like last year I was like cleaning out crap from like decades and I found a file folder of clippings of like Chad Michael Murray was for sure a feature. Oh, Marshall Mathers, the Eminem was like the feature for a very Amazing. long time, which like, Amazing. what is he doing in J14? But in their horoscope section, half the time they called me an Aries and half the time they called me a Taurus. So no wonder I don't know who the fuck I am. Like, of yeah, course. That's, that's bizarre. I think you just have to pick. I would 100%. Personally, I would say Taurus. I don't know you really, but I Why? <laughs> I'm saying like, like you don't want to be, you don't want to be the, the sign of a last, I'm just making, I have no idea what I'm saying. I was going to say, you don't want to be a sign of it's like the last day of a sign. Like just let's start fresh. Oh, I just want to be like, I want to be the start of the week, not the end of the week. I don't know. I love that. Or do you like, do I want to be the finale? Is that too much pressure? Right. See, and then for so long, I would read both and then I would choose. And then I was like, that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not works. So, so which one do you read? Taurus I, or Aries? I tend Aries. to read Aries because I find okay. now, basically what I do is anytime I'm going to look, I don't go to the sign. I go to the date first and see like, well, what do you think I am? Got it. Got it. Which like, again, as I'm saying that out loud, therapist. No don't know who yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, really what do you, what do you want me to be? <laughs> chaotic like really chaotic <laughs> and I have never even looked up like the characteristics of Aries and Taurus sometimes my stepmom will be like because she has the same birthday as me and sometimes we'll say something or whatever and she'll laugh and she'll be like oh we're such Aries and I love her and I'm just like huh but in my head I'm like google it like why haven't I googled it yet okay so I just went to again basic I went to horoscope.com like it, I, I could I whoever love what are we doing okay so now, do you want to be the first one red fresh start? Do you want to be the second one red finale? Fresh start. Oh, fucking love it. Okay, great. Let's go to Scorpio. Okay, we're going to read, and I'm really hoping it says that like we match. Oh, see, you're, okay. So love-wise, we're matching with a Leo today. Today only, which I love that there's like no permanence in this. Um, I don't know what, Le what, what birth month Leo is. I think it's in the summer, like July. Okay. You know what? It literally probably says here. Um, friendship is Pisces. I was secretly hoping it was going to be Aries or Taurus. However, career matches Taurus. So maybe we're choosing to be a Taurus and we're matching in our career situation right that now. That makes I sense. so much. Okay. Yep. Let's read. I'm just going to read the little blurb for today for you. Okay. Here we go for today. Ah, Scorpio. Okay. Success in a project you've been working on could mean you want to go out and celebrate. You might feel guilty about doing it. Donuts. It doesn't say donuts. You might feel guilty about doing it, but go ahead, Scorpio. Order a glass of wine and dessert. Tonight is the night to forget work and go for sheer unadulterated pleasure. I couldn't even say that word. You have the break coming. Your efforts are finally being recognized and you're on your way. Enjoy your good 
fortune. Dig deep into matters of the heart wow. with a psychic love reading. Oh, that was an advertisement. And I thought that was part of your read. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Take the night off when it turns into your birthday. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of positivity. A little too much. Like sometimes you want it. To, sometimes you want it to be in there though. Of just like, Hey, like maybe calm down. Like, don't you sometimes want like a little yeah. bit of like, like, be careful. There's like something yeah. along the horizon that could be dangerous. Yeah, you know what? Like your shit doesn't stink and you are going to be the president of the world. You're like, okay, calm you're down. Like, okay. like chill. It's like, if your friend is hyping you up too much so and you're like, funny. you need to calm. Um, Okay, let's see. My love is Aquarius. My friendship is Leo. My career is Scorpio, which like, I was like, oh my God. But obviously they need, they need some continuity in their sight. So that makes sense. Okay. Information that comes your way today could launch you into a search for truth, Aries. And no pressure, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be the information from you, Alexandra. So we'll see what I'm going for. Truth. I was going to say like, like, I think you need to, yeah. I think you need to think about the advice that would for your, for your home decor. Like, I think this is a sign. Yes. Um, perhaps this is a new business related idea that you want to explore our new series about guessing who people are based on their apartments. Um, it could be a new philosophical interest and you will want to learn as much as you can about it, whichever it is, your mind is sharp. Thank you so much. Horoscope.com. So you're likely to finish the day a lot more knowledgeable than where you, than you were when it began. All right. Wow. You know what? All that knowledge acquisition is from you in this, in this episode because no, I no so much. <laughs> no, but you've already given it. You don't even have to give any right, more. You've already given it. <laughs> like, great job. You're like, God, this is where you go back and you look at your outfit from years ago. You're like, I have to go back now so and see funny. if my advice was good enough. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. I, I think they're fun. I also think sometimes if you like a horoscope, use it as placebo inspiration and make it come true for yourself. I mean, it's you doing it, but who cares if it's totally, there's no real placebo. Like it's not fake. If you believe it, it happens. So totally, you know, well, this has been such a joy. I can't even tell you. Thank you you for having me. This was so so fun. It was so fun. Thank you so much. And I will definitely, I was going to be like, and I'll be FaceTiming you from my apartment to see what you think of me. But I'll you still, totally can. Yes, you I totally can. Stand. I'm kind of really wanting to see your apartment. Okay, great. Now it's going to see now I'm looking at my outfit from three years ago. I'm like, oh, my apartment's going to disappoint. But here's what no. I'm telling myself. No matter what you say, you, who you think I am, I'm going to stand by my opinion of myself, but I'm going to, I'm going to let it permeate, but I'm not going to let you tell me who I am. That's what I just learned exactly. from this. <gasps> I love this. this is my I really show. feel honored that I could bestow that knowledge onto you. Oh, I feel honored that you took the time. I know you genuinely are like so, so busy right now. And I know, I feel like people say that as like, oh, you're so busy, like in a negative way. But I just mean, I'm so thrilled for you. You are putting out so much like love and positivity and encouragement out in the world. So thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you for making me laugh for an hour and a straight on a Tuesday. You too. Right back at you. All right. Go get some more gin. Go change people's lives. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Liquid Courage podcast. Whether you are watching the episode on YouTube or listening wherever you get your podcasts, 
I really appreciate the support and I'd love to connect with you. What's been your favorite episode so far? What topics are resonating with you? What's something new you've learned from one of our awesome guests? Find the podcast on Instagram at Liquid Courage Podcast and on Twitter at Liquid C Podcast and let me know. And if you like what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and leave a review or rating. It helps me out a lot and it banks you some good karma. The world is a really scary, uncertain place right now and being able to connect with these inspiring artists each week has really helped me mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all the illies. <laughs> Safe virtual connection has been such a huge source of support for me, so I hope in listening to this episode, you feel a little less alone and a little more connected as well. Thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Stay safe and take care.